It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to ATL Day 1s with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, Marcus is gone, but what's next? And Quinn Snyder makes his debut, but is it going to be a bump for more than just Trey Young? And last but not least, in for the culture, out of all the people' names you misspell, you can't get this one wrong. It's all coming up next right here on ATL Day 1s. Let's go. This is ATL Day 1s, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day 1s your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day 1s is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. But T, when you think about getting this show off to a a good start we're not celebrating you know somebody getting it, getting released or getting cut but when you talk about the atlanta falcons deciding to move on from marcus mariota this is a move that we assumed was going to happen when he uh decided to dip out on the squad you know take his football and go home after he was benched for uh, desmond ritter but i think what's the biggest thing that we can glean from the falcons making this move today yeah it may not be sad or you may not want to say that you are happy for Marcus Mariota's departure, but you are not sad about it because you are happy about that $12 million in salary cap space that you're going to get from it. That's really so, what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest here. We're just trying to stack chips and assets in Flowery Branch, the end. And so that's yep. what he gives the opportunity for. And I love what uh, Terry Fontenot had to say earlier today when he was talking to our guys, Andy and Randy, about that. And even speaking about it at the combine, and he basically said, hey, this was a move that we spoke to Mariota about. We spoke to his people about. So no one was shocked that it was coming. It was almost like an officially official situation, right? right? But the most important thing that I thought he said as well is now it makes it a clean cut. We know that Desmond Ritter is going to be there. But he also said that they are still keeping room in the QB room. And that could be room for another draft pick. He did not rule that out. Uh, someone that they could uh, trade for, someone that they can get in free agency. So, yeah, there's still a lot of opportunity there for the Falcons to also use some of that money to obtain a a second-in-command, for lack of a better term, because I still feel like Desmond Ritter is QB1 until he's not. Right. Yeah, I, I think I'm right, right along with you. Like, we've talked about this and had a lot of conversations about what that 2023 looks like for the Atlanta Falcons. And like you said, I believe 20. In 2023, QB1 will be QB4 <laughs> or DR4, however you want to want to use the acronym. So, but I, I think that Terry Fondo is kind of you know he's, uh, he's a sharp guy, mm-hmm. and, and to be to to kind of close yourself off to say hey he's our guy going forward for the next ten years that's kind of ridiculous to be honest with you because four games isn't enough to get a a full evaluation of what this guy can be in the now and in the future. So. I, I think that, you know, the Falcons are going to continue to play it close to the vest when it comes to fully endorsing him in the public. But like I said, I think privately, I think they are, are more than likely going to move forward with him as a quarterback, for, at least for the 2023 season. Now, when you think about 
you know, making that transition from from 21 to 22, T, um, Arthur Smith was talking to AtlantaFalcons.com about how, you know, how the vast difference between the styles of play in those years, right? Obviously, one being that you had Matt Ryan, who's arguably the best dog on uh, quarterback in, in, in franchise history. Uh, and also, um, and, and so they, they threw the ball a little bit more, so – uh, a lot more than what they did when they brought Marcus Mariota in last year. So I, I think that for me, though, I, I feel like there has to be some consistency from a a, a, a culture standpoint and an identity standpoint because I really feel even though they had some success throwing the rock with Matt, I feel like they established themselves and establishing an identity uh, last year and being and put the league on notice saying, hey, we're going to run the ball whether you like it or not. And I think that there, Arthur Smith has to figure out a way, even though he wants to be able to have more explosive plays on offense, he has to figure out a way to be able to maintain, maintain that identity. Yeah, well, the explosive plays are going to come because you're going to have a run game, right? And so Indeed, looking yes. at, I think Desmond Ritter looked pretty solid in play action pass situations so i think he'll he'll only improve in that area but also terry Fontenot talked about the fact that the falcons will not rest on their lures they love what they got out of tyler algier what a late round steal he was they're still mm -hmm. somehow getting something out of cordero patterson it's like he's aging in reverse so that's yes. also a good thing but not resting on their laurels in saying that they are the falcons are still open and looking for another running back to kind of fill out that that running back room. So to your point, I do think that that also indicates to us that, yes, the Falcons know their bread and butter. They know what they want their identity to be. And to have a quarterback like Desmond Ritter, that only adds to it. But ultimately speaking, it's going to come down to whoever is in the backfield for this team to be able to continue to run the ball and wear down other defenses and then give way to the passing game. Yeah, and and I think that makes you more dangerous. I think that puts you in in, in position to have more explosive pace in the passing game because yes. at, and at the end of the day, you got to fortify that, uh, that that front as well if you want to maintain that. So that makes me happy. Oh, we have to uh, bring in more offensive linemen that we know can can play football. Yes, let's do that. And if we if we feel like the guy that's in that starting spot that was in that starting spot last year is not efficient enough, or we we didn't like what we saw. We have the ability to go replace him by spending money or using draft capital to go ahead and spend it on that said position. So yeah. I'm, all, I'm all for that, T, um, when it comes to making sure they maintain what they did, what they were able to establish last year. Now, when one of the things that, that has been really interesting to me, T, is the fact that the NBA and the NBA Players Association have been in talks as far as extending coming to a cba right and, and they just extended it until march 31st but and there are several things that have been on on the on the table as far as what they're trying to talk about they're talking about um uh, extending the um, i'm sorry lowering the age range to get into the nba to 18 um and then also there have been talking about discussions about the whole load management piece and and I think those are some 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 things that can spark some opinions or, or or some conversations, right? So for me, I'll ask you this. I'll start by asking this: Which one do you feel w would get the most backlash, so to speak, if they were to make those necessary changes, or they they start having conversations about how to handle load management and start implementing rules? Which one do you think would would kind of ba basically get sparked the fire, so to speak? 
Yeah, I think load management will be it. I yeah. think that'll be the, the fire starter on the side of the Players Association, right? Because we right. know that this is a powerful Players Association and a powerful league of players. And they have determined that in an 82-season game, especially with back-to-backs, the way they are really bearing down on these players, they're like, hey, we need to take a break here and there. Now, granted, back-to-backs are nothing new. They've been out there for decades and other generations manage it, but... This generation has the ability to speak up on their own behalf. And I feel like that's going to be a place where if we end up seeing the deadline for the collective bargaining agreement extended, I don't think it's going to be because Diamond Sports, regional sports networks are basically imploding and that those 16 teams that they broadcast are going to get their rights back. I don't think that'll be it. I think lowering the age for the draft to 18 years old, I mean, it'll end one and done in college basketball, but we're kind of seeing some of that happen slowly, but surely anyway, because you see some leagues that are popping up where players are being, you know, fed into the NBA from those leagues, players go overseas sometimes. So I don't think that's going to be a big deal. I think that one was one that's more like, uh, that was kind of inevitable. We're all expecting that it's, it's going to happen or it's going to return right. because there was a time when you could leap straight from high school into the NBA. I think it's going to be that load management piece. And it'll be interesting to see where does most of the pressure come from that actually makes the league take their stand on it. Is it going to come from the association or is it going to come from the fan base? Because fans are getting a little bit exhausted. I I think someone gave the, the perfect example of whenever, I think it was the last Lakers game that was here. And I think it was LeBron's birthday. And oddly enough, the Hawks celebrated his birthday, but he wasn't on the court. So there's that. You know, situations yeah. like, yeah, situations like that, I think, are what really frustrate fans when they pay their good money to see a marquee player match up against their best team players, and that person doesn't, that player doesn't show up. Yeah, that, that that's the whole, I, I really think that that's the, the, the the fire starter if we're gonna you know stay stay with that word that mm-hmm. um so um because when you think about it like like think about all of the people that are involved in these decisions right you got the player you got the coach you got the the the, the, the medical staff so are we starting to implement hey we have to have hardcore proof or hardcore evidence that this guy is actually hurt and they can't not go how are you going to be able to determine that because any professional athlete can come up with an injury. We saw that with Marcus Mariota. We're like, yep, my knee, I need surgery. <laughs> you know, so it's because it's all about pain tolerance, right? So, yeah. like, I can't take the pain no more. So, all of those things come to play. It's, I think it's a slippery slope you're trying to yes. fight if you're trying to put some type of mandate in for these guys to go out on the court. And I think, I think this needs to be more so of a, hey, let's start working on this. And and not necessarily implement rules because once you start implementing rules, you start bringing more attention to it because I, I do believe fans are starting to get a little antsy about it. But I think if you start implementing rules to enforce these guys to go out on the court, I think you start pushing dates back. That's when doggone fans start getting upset even more because, like, oh, why we got to force them to play? They get paid all this money. so mm-hmm. And then we know the salaries are going to go through the roof again. Yeah. So it, it's just it's just too much stuff 
to to kind of right to try to implement something hardcore to try to get these guys to go back on the court in order for them because you you don't want those I think I don't think Adam Smith Adam Silver wants that smoke uh, forever. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so, but I don't think he has a choice because yeah. it's really becoming a little too exacerbated, and yeah. so I don't know. Like you said, if you try to force the hand of the players, that may be a backlash unto itself from the player's perspective. And then some fans may be like, well, fine, if he doesn't want to play, then you know, don't make him play. But most fans that I've spoken to, they really are like, come on, man. And yep. check that about LeBron. My, my mind was going to LeBron's birthday. We were actually dropped 47 on the Hawks, so there was that. But yeah. uh, <laughs> my mind actually went to Kawhi Leonard because Kawhi, that was yes. a game where people were sorely disappointed that they did yeah. not see him. But I think it's going to be something to where, hey, Again, at the end of the day, players have been playing back-to-backs in the NBA for decades. Forever. And something has to be done. Like, you can't just not play. And, yeah, like you said, I get it. Sometimes they really are legit injured. But sometimes we all shake our head and give a side eye like, you just taking the night off like you know and (laughs) i I, honestly i and i know this probably doesn't sound very nice but i'd rather you just may i don't know maybe it's you come i not come off the bench you know they won't want to do that but maybe you just find a way to load manage differently and maybe it looks more like something where you have restricted minutes when you're coming back from an Mm. injury maybe that's what you do on a load management night maybe you have a restricted minutes night so that at least the fans that pay good money to see you can actually see you take the court but yeah, Jarvis, I think that might be the one that's going to be the tipping point, and that's going to be where that friction comes and determines whether or not that CBA gets ratified by March 31st or whether we're seeing that extended out until the last possible scenario, which, of course, is the end of the 23-24 season. Absolutely, and I think I think those are some of the things that we'll definitely have to keep an eye on because I, you don't want any work stoppage because we know what that does to professional sports leagues. The people automatically take the owner side, and it just gets all ugly, and we don't yeah. want to deal with that when it comes to the NBA because we love the drama. The off-season drama of the NBA is so great. We don't need to add more to it. That's going to make everybody upset. But what we want to do is we want to add some money in your pocket. How are you going to do that, Jarvis? Um, we need you to go ahead and go to fans com slash locked on because they got all the good stuff waiting right there just for you because this is the number one the number one sports book in america you guys listen to the number one podcast in america right here atl day ones if you didn't know now you know um because new customers all you gotta do is go there and new customers are going to get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's bonus bets back if your bet doesn't win so if you lose your pants they're going to give them back to you. So guess what? Up to $1,000 worth, too. I need $1,000 pants. Do you? Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on because they got all the, everything that you need, right? They got the, uh, the um, same game parlays. They got the spread, the money line, the total, the over-unders, all that good stuff. They got everything right there just for you. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel official sports betting partner of the nba and speaking of no sweat i would think that it would be no sweat for the hawks tonight right they've got their new guy in quinn snyder there are a couple of games ahead of the wizards in the eastern conference in the eight spot versus the Wiz being in the 10 spot so everything should be all gravy in this first matchup Oddly enough, this late in the season is the first matchup between the Hawks and the Wizards. And it's interesting because most of the attention has been on, wow, 
very interesting timing that the Hawks decided to bring Quinn Snyder in, right? But he himself gave a couple of reasons why he wanted to get started right away as head coach. He talked about wanting to go on a run in these last 21 games, how it just made sense because he wanted to be able to establish a culture right away. So when you think about his rationale and the fact that, hey, he said, I'll pull up off Costa Rica and pull up into Atlanta early. No problem to make sure that I can make a stamp, put a stamp on this team and on this franchise sooner rather than later. What do you think that says about him? I think I think it shows initiative. Yeah. I, I think, and and when you think about you know the type of guy he is, and, and we got a chance, he got a chance to um, David Locke got a chance to um, join um, hitting hard with John Chuckery, and you know David Locke, you know the guy who's the host on Locked On Jazz, and he's also the big man around these parts right here on the Locked On uh, Network. He and is radio also voice, the, right? and the play by play radio voice for the Utah Jazz, so he is very very familiar with Quinn Snyder, and one thing that that kind of really stood out to me when he talked about him is the fact that he said that this is the type of guy that you can't fool. You can't fool him. He said he's the guy, type of guy that is real, he's authentic, and if you aren't authentic with him, he will call you out. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like this team absolutely needs. Now, he's not coming in from a standpoint of, hey, I need you to keep it real with me, but and, and not willing to give on this end too. He's coming in with open mind, open ears, saying, "Hey, I want to, I want to feel you, I want to understand mm-hmm. you, I want to get to know you as a player and what your what your ins and outs are." And I think a twenty one game sample size is is pretty is a pretty good head start too. So um, I, I, it makes sense that he's the type of guy that wants to come in right now, get in there and, and see what's going on with this team, and and, and also bounce the ideas off of the, the staff that's already there. And I think that's going to be really key too, because you don't want to get to a situation where essentially you're out there by yourself and, yeah. and you got all these disgruntled assistant head coaches because they know that, Hey, at the end of the year, I'm probably going to out of here. Yeah. And interestingly enough, as I listen to what your thoughts are or your feedback is based on what David Locke's thoughts are, I'm thinking, okay, we never really talk about, the coach having that dog in him. But if you're going to call somebody out and you're going to be an honest, straight, no no chaser type of guy, that's also a way to set the culture. That's also a way to set the standard to say, hey, we're going to get after it. And if we don't all get after it, then that's a problem because not just individually should we get after it or collectively, but when you break it down for individuals, I should see each and every person contributing to the collective. And that's probably why Jarvis used that side eye picture of Quinn Snyder yesterday for our episode, because <laughs> yes. what Quinn Snyder is not about to do is play games with you when it comes to his expectations of who you need to be when you hit that court. Now, interestingly enough, there are still a lot of eyes, both locally and nationally, on this situation because no one can really think about a true head coach higher at this point and some people are saying in the middle of the season no, it ain't the middle this is three quarters of the way through the season yes. this, is unprecedented. Yeah. Exactly. this is <laughs> yes. unprecedented so it really points the finger at landry fields who says that he is where the decisions stop in the front office well okay if that's where you want to stand then the question becomes we're looking at the last 21 games it's the first sort of Requiem on Quinn Snyder. So does Landry Fields hiring Quinn Snyder immediately based on expectations for him and based on Quinn's expectations for himself? Is it justified? Ooh, I, I think I think that's kind of that's one of those, you know, pending, right? Yes. Yeah, I think that's, pe- that's a pending see. one. Yeah. That's a pending charge for sure. Because when you think about 
being able to come in and do what he says he wants to do, like that's going to take some work because like he, he even talked about in his press conference yesterday about how he has to go dig into the film and jump mm-hmm. into the film because he needs to see what the issues are and what, yeah. what is real because he literally had just met with the players a couple of hours before the press, the press conference. So, mm-hmm. and there was a couple of guys there that were actually there for the presser right. as well. And Jalen Johnson and, and I, I saw, uh, saw Bo out there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of kicking in and kind of seeing what's going on. So, that's good to see that when you see those guys showing up like that. But I, I just think from a, a standpoint of being justified, I really feel like if Quinn comes in, mm-hmm. it's funny saying Quinn yes, and I'm talking is. about basketball. <laughs> like I, I'm still, I still kind of mess me up. So I almost kind of go to Falcon mode almost. But when you, when you think about Quinn coming in and saying, hey, here's what I want to do. Here's how I want to establish myself. I'm open ears. Uh, I, I want to I see what this team looks like in the short term and the long term. All of those things are can be justified by simply coming in and winning. <laughs> like they got off to they got two games after they uh with with, with Prunty as the uh, interim coach and I think that those are some I saw some diff I saw some things that were different even though it was only two games so I, I think with the the, the the eight million dollar head coach and the guy who wants to get in here right away we need to see some differences in these next couple of games T because those are some of the things that we know for a fact have to be in there to in to justify this move because. There are, lots of, there are some people who question, not me necessarily, that, hey, you only interviewed one guy. So how extensive was this search? Yeah. And for me, it's interesting that you said, like, you saw some things that you liked and we want to see whether or not we'll see him again. For me, I'm looking more at the things that I saw that I didn't like that mm-hmm. were very consistent with what I've seen out of this team when it goes into its swoons. Now, they escaped. They escaped oh, yeah. on Sunday when they played the Nets, right? But yep. what I saw that I did not like was 16 turnovers. We're back to that. So Oof. to me, that's a challenge, if you will. Unacceptable. Yeah, and then we're also, right, unacceptable to turn over the ball that much, unacceptable to allow the Nets to go off on for 26 fast break points and 44 points in the paint. I mean, where's the, yeah. So so to me, that's kind where's of falling D? back to, <clears throat> where's the D? There it is, there it is. So that's kind of falling back into that situation. And yeah, they had a good night against the Nets as far as the three-point shooting was concerned. Yeah. But for me, I still didn't like 30 shots. Like I still would have preferred you to not have 30 shots when all you had was eight points in the paint. Uh, so, uh, or fast break points, excuse me. So that's the thing that concerns me that I want to see, okay, what are some of the subtle tweaks in those areas that have been persistent, regardless of whether it was Joe Prunty at the helm or Nate McMillan at the helm. And also I want to see a game where if you are leading and in a commanding lead one, two or three quarters in, let's not have this back and forth. Like, they went up d- double digits on the Nets, but then the Nets went up double digits on them. They were up by 40 plus points on the Cavs and then the Cavs come back and make it a single digit. Game. I don't want to see that. No. Those are the types of things where I want to see what kind of tweaks, maybe not all tonight, Jarvis, but slowly but surely want to see what kind of tweaks uh, Quinn Snyder is able to bring to the table for this team so that we can see a reversal of some of those uh, lapses in, in thoughts and lapses in uh, how they go about the, their technique and their focus and how they use their basketball IQ. But speaking of that, I'm sure that a, not, a lot of other eyes are on what's going on here because it's a very unique situation. So if you want to hear more about it, check out Locked On Sports Today. I'm sure they're going to talk about that as well as the continuing saga of what this CBA, the collective bargaining agreement will be in the NBA. And of course, 
the NFL Combine because that officially kicked off today. And of course, position players get it in starting tomorrow. So don't forget, after you check us out to hear all about the NFL Combine, what's going on with the Hawks and everything, Sports Atlanta, check out Locked On Sports today. And of course, you guys love for the culture, especially with the stuff we'll talk about today. It'll be pretty cool, but they have their own version with take of the day. So again, you check us out on YouTube, check them out there too. And wherever you get your podcast and download all your podcasts, it's ATL Day Ones for you first, but not far behind. Locked on Sports Today. Locked on Sports Atlanta family. Listen up. I need y'all to go ahead and go to this uh, YouTube page, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hit that subscribe button. After you hit that subscribe button, hit that bell so you can know when that heat drops because we are on our way to 6,000 subscribers. Whether you want to get on the train or not, because if you're listening and watching, and you haven't subscribed or downloaded the podcast, what are you waiting on? Choose ye today. I need you to be hot about this thing because we are moving and shaking right here on ATL Day Ones. But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on the show. Today is no different. How about this one, T? Um, you know how I talked about how you know misspelling folks' names and all that good stuff. This is this is like totally unacceptable, right? So, you know, New York, you know, had a highway named after uh Mr. Jackie Robinson, um the Honorable Jackie Robinson. For those of you who don't know about Jackie Robinson, where have we're you not been? telling uh, you. Yeah, we're not gonna tell you. Yeah, like you need to go look that up. I'm sorry, a simple Google search would do this would do you justice. They misspelled his name T or after the or the highway they named him after they spelled it J A K I E Robinson. Like, well, like, like, how do you like? Out, out of all the people, T, yeah. like, how do you explain misspelling his name of yeah. all people? The guy whose number's been retired around the entire league, and the guy who's been the face of desegregation when it comes to professional sports. Like, how did this happen, T? And here's the thing: I've seen some different spellings of Jackie as it relates to women. So I've seen a J-A-C-Q-U-I-E. I've seen a J-A-Q-U-I-E. What I have never seen, male nor female, is J-A-K-I-E. Because when I see that, I'm like, who's Jakey? I mean, right. who's Jakey? Exactly, yeah. That is, like, I can't believe that someone did not double and triple check something. I'm not even going to say that important. Talk about a highway sign, T. This is simple. I mean, right. because at some point you had to put it in a program, right? And that's right. a, I'm sure at this point, every program that you utilize, everything from Microsoft Word to Adobe and all points in between is going to have that little red it. sliggly line. Everybody, mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. program has a spell check. Are you trying to tell me that the government in New York didn't have a spell check or even the eye test drivers? Yeah. Nobody? Oh, somebody's head should roll for a minute. I mean, I don't want you to lose your job, but you might need to lose your lunch for like a day or two. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, you you like you're not getting getting the uh the French fries that they serve on Fridays. You know, <laughs> like you're no French fries for you, no pizza for you uh during the week. So yeah, that is absolutely ridiculous. But the Department of Transportation said they have made it right. T, they got it right. Jack Jackie Robinson Parkway actually is spelled correctly as of now. So and they replaced it um not too early on in the week. So. It, it, it's, 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 I guess it's okay right now, but, I but yeah, guess. you can't be a misspelling Mr. Robinson's name. Like, Jeez. come on, like, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say the man's name. Anyway, but, um, uh, one more thing before we get out here, T. 
So the Braves have released their, you know, little promotional um, schedule release and all that stuff. So they got everything out for bobbleheads bobble and everything. They're going to honor my main man, the crime dog, Fred McGriff, in August, you know, with his bobblehead. But, oh, when you go down to, to, to what's, what's going on with my people, my folks, my, my partner them, they are going to have an outcast bobblehead night tea, and it's going down on Memorial Day. I don't know, but uh, I might have to slide on out there for that one because, you know, they came out with the baseball jerseys, and, and I looked up the price for that. I thought, like, oh, you know, that might be out of my price range right now. But, yeah, I can definitely give me a free bobblehead, though. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> when I saw it, I thought, ooh, Jarvis is going to absolutely love this, and he might have to pull up on Cobb County. He might have to make his way from South Carolina just for this <laughs> Wait a minute, game. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not might. living in South Carolina, woman. He does, everybody. Don't let him tell you all. He's just not afraid of a long commute. The end. But, yeah, I'm excited. I'm like, ooh, I, I, I think I might have to pull up on that. But for me, it's more of, okay, if it's a bobblehead for Andre 3000 and Big Boy, yeah. what if they both show up? And what if they crack a mic? And what if they maybe do a song like, or even See, a bar? They could just do a my bar. No, I Look, I am the person who missed out on the, the quote unquote farewell weekend <laughs> tour in Atlanta. Oh, yes. So you because miss I missed out on that, <laughs> I will forever hope, wish, and pray that they will just bless us with something. Just one appearance where they're just like, you know, bump it, we're here. We're just going to crack a mic and we're just going to one song, one bar. You don't even have to sing. Just give me one, one bar and I'm good. So yeah, I'm going to probably pull up because I'm just hopeful that maybe, just maybe they'll decide <laughs> to perform and then Jarvis, I can finally let go of it because you know every time we talk about Outcast, mm -hmm. and you know every time somebody has some type of recollection of seeing <laughs> I know, with all the attitude, right? right? Yes. All that attitude. Every time somebody has some type of recollection of seeing uh, Outcast in concert, I get triggered. Like, for yeah. real triggered. Like, yeah. I get like, well, you can hear it in my voice, obviously. I get like angry. Yes, yeah, I can, yeah. I can like, smell it a little bit. Yeah, like not at all, please. Yeah, so literally, <laughs> I, I think that once I saw that, I was like, yeah, I probably just need to break down and buy a ticket because that is probably going to be the hottest ticket in time. Because you know you you know what you you don't want to be Jarvis. You don't want to be the person who like the late great Prince would always do these pop ups, right? And yep. he would just mm -hmm. shock the world. Like number one, you don't want to be that person who's like I missed out because I just thought they were giving away bobbleheads. And number two, that's going to be a weekend series against the Phillies, which is always good. Now that these teams are really battling for right. top spot in the NL East, so yeah, I think that's going to be a good game all the way around. Yeah, it's going to be a, a great game because, like you said, you're passing out outcast bobbleheads and the potential. According to Tanitra, according to her sources, they're going to go out there and perform. So, you know, if they if he doesn't if they don't perform, hit Tanitra up at Tanitra Batiste on Twitter. How about this? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, guys, we want to thank you guys for making ATL Day once your first listen of the day. Remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. And also, check out Locked On Sports Today, wherever you download your podcast. They got all the good national news going on. Of course, they're going to be talking about the Hawk. They're going to be talking about the NFL Combine, all that's going down this week. So make sure you check them out and make them your second listen of the day. And before we get out of here, I always ask you guys one, just one thing, one favor, one big favor. I want you guys to make sure that you share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.